This episode is brought to you by our friends at Squiz. Squiz is a student experience platform that offers a full suite of solutions developed exclusively for higher education. Squiz has so many exceptional products that are worth checking out, but the two that I've been most impressed by are their custom site search product, Funnelback, and their website platform, which is a true DXP. And don't worry, I'll explain what that means in just a second. For the next wave of digital natives, search is not ancillary to navigation. Search is navigation. And Funnelback enables schools like yours to build custom smart site search. So that way your nursing program actually comes up when someone searches nursing instead of that one nursing faculty event registration page from like two years ago. And their DXP, it's so much more than a traditional website CMS. A CMS is meant for exactly what it claims to be, content management. It's an important part of your marketing tech stack and important part of the student life cycle. But that's just it. It's just a part. A DXP, a digital experience platform, is built to be the hub of your MarTech stack. It relies on powerful integrations, data management, and an open platform in order to create the kind of experiences simply not possible with a normal CMS. Say goodbye to the finicky plugins of WordPress and the crappy site architecture of Drupal that hurts your SEO and get ready to meet the fastest, most powerful, and most personalized website platform for colleges and universities on the market. Today, the student experience begins online, not at school. And as an enrollment marketer, your job is to ensure that prospective students find what they are looking for as quickly and as easily as possible. Squiz is the secret friction reducers that schools across the globe are using to not just attract the next generation of students, but nurture them to the point of enrollment in a way that is conducive and not counter to how they consume information and make purchasing decisions. You can learn more about Squiz at enrollify.org forward slash Squiz. Again, that's enrollify.org forward slash Squiz. When we look at paid and the nature of paid traffic, we call that a push channel. So we're pushing traffic to a site. You know, we're specifically focusing on the bottom of the funnel, high conversion-oriented keywords. As where um, organic and you know, search engine optimization, we f- we're, we're a pull channel. We specifically focus on pulling in leads over time and being able to, you know, fill out the whole funnel. So we, you know, at Archer, we call that the student journey. Alrighty, Ray. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. It's a beautiful Wednesday morning in San Diego, so I can't complain. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's like hot, humid, and like uh, hazy here in here in DC on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. So I'm I'm jealous, man. I'm jealous. I actually love the humidity. Yeah, you know, I grew up in Puerto Rico as a kid, so love oh, there it. There you go. Well, dude, that makes one of us. Um, de- <laughs> I am not. I am not a fan of uh, of humidity. I so I actually was born and raised in uh, in Hawaii, actually uh, on Oahu, and it's very humid there. But I was like, the minute I got out of there, and I was like, I I can't go back. I just can't go back. I, I just wasn't built for humidity, I guess. But um, but anyways, um. I'm excited to be talking to you today. We connected on Twitter just a couple weeks ago, I guess, and I threw out a couple challenges 
Uh, not that they were real challenges, but I tweeted a couple of scenarios out and I was super just impressed with how you responded to these like SEO 101 scenarios. And I was like, Ooh, I like this response. All right. Got to get this guy on the show. So first and foremost, thanks for uh, responding and thanks for uh, your willingness to come on the show. Yeah. Thank you. I, I think, you know, it just speaks to my nature. I, I, you know, I think the questions you asked were, inter- were interesting because there's something that's relevant in the higher ed space, especially if you're running a program. You know, how do I spend, um, you know, how do I spend budget? How do I allocate it properly? How do I maximize the return on investment? So, you know, I think that's right in my wheelhouse. And I really love that strategic aspect of marketing. Yeah. And um, it's always been something that I've been really passionate about. So. Well, great, man. Thank hey. you for having me on. Yeah, of course. And our listeners are in for uh, for a real treat. So you are the head of SEO at Archer Education. Archer is an enrollment partner. We love our friends at Archer. And you all are a tech-enabled marketing enrollment and retention services for higher ed company. And one of the things that you and your team do is you spend a lot of time um, during the day helping schools think through how to rank better on key terms and, and key topics that are pertinent and, and relevant to their their respective programs. So as we kick things off here, we're going to kind of do this big like SEO deep dive, which I'm pumped to do because we've talked about SEO on the pod before, but not nearly enough. And it's just such an important sort of like fundamental component of what it takes to effectively market and recruit students today. So it's a very, very timely topic. But as we as we kind of kick our conversation off, I was hoping you could just give us a quick definition of search engine optimization. Talk to us, you know, in your own words about why it's it's such a relevant and important strategy for, for student marketing and recruitment. Yeah, so, you know, SEO, as I like to say, actually I ask this as an interview question when I'm actually interviewing for position. Like, I'm like, what is SEO? And to me, SEO is increasing the quantity and quality of traffic to your site. And what, what that really means is, we're not just bringing more traffic to your site. Hmm. We're bringing more of the right type of traffic that converts and that goes from being, you know, a user landing on your site to being a prospective student to being uh, an applied student to being an enrolled student. So, you know, I think I, you know, when we look at the barrier for entry, when we when we look at all these different digital marketing channels, you know, across higher ed, you know, when you think about a cost per enrollment for you know a paid channel for example those are often pretty high especially yeah. as we, we bid on non-branded keywords um you know there's a lot of competition around there if you don't really have you know a large brand presence it can be really difficult to bid and win on those on those non-branded keywords so you know organic gives you the chance to sort of fight back and and you know also you know when you look at seo as a whole you know we're able to you know, rank really well and get visibility for university on program terms, but we're also able to target outcomes that are beyond just those terms. Yeah, yeah. I, I love how you've set this up too. And I think it's it's not it's not worth sort of just, you know, uh, pushing through quickly the, the fact that paid search is just getting more and more and more expensive and competitive. And even from some of the data I was recently looking at, the, the quality of, of those inquiries and apps coming from those sort of more traditional paid channels, you, you got to generate a lot of quantity uh, to, to get to that quality. And so I think what's cool about organic and the, the discussion that we're going to have today is, is really that it offers 
schools, especially like smaller, like niche programs or online programs, it really offers folks the ability to become thought leaders in a respective domain. And there's no like magic silver bullet uh, to, to doing this well, as, as you know, and as we'll, we'll dive into. But what's cool is that if you do do it, if you do start ranking around a term or a couple of terms that are particularly relevant to your program offerings, and you can own those terms, right? Essentially, you're getting that like free traffic. And if that if that traffic is also quality traffic, right? Like you're you're generating a, a new kind of, you know, much more affordable inquiry than your program or programs might be used to might be used to, um, to generating. So while it's incredibly hard to do, if done, right? It's, it's kind of like getting free leads, so to speak. How, I guess, how, how would you sort of elaborate on that? Yeah, I, I think a, a big piece of that is is it's quality, right? Yeah. We know that if somebody's coming to this microsite, you know, a degree is it's a, a long cycle sales product. You know, that yeah. sales cycle being longer, so you need multiple touch points to reinforce. So you're not just relying solely on organic or solely on paid. But when you're able to do organic well, what you're doing is you you're bringing in, like you said, that free and quality traffic, but you're also reinforcing every other channel campaign because when people come back to search for you, you're there. Hmm. Um, hmm. And I think, you know, and then when, when we do look at like, you know, you know, enrollment numbers, like looking from lead to enrollment, you know, how many people actually be, went from being just a lead to being an enrolled student, those numbers are often higher on the organic side. Yeah. You know, across, across the board, we just see, you know, it because, you know, when we look at paid and the nature of paid traffic, we call that a push channel. So we're pushing traffic to a site. You know, we're specifically focusing on the bottom of the funnel, high conversion oriented keywords as where um, organic and, you know, search engine optimization, we f we're, we're a pull channel. We specifically focus on pulling in leads over time and being able to, you know, fill out the whole funnel. So, we, you know, at Archer, we call that the student journey. Uh, so well said, so well said. And I think that um, I, I love I love that sort of framework because it's a really helpful way of kind of thinking through the different roles that respective channels play in the student acquisition process. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I like I loved your comment about sort of organic reinforcing some of your other channels. And the, the first thing that popped into my mind is like, you know, when I, if I see like a, an, a, a reel or like a, a video on Instagram or something like that, um, the, the odds of me actually clicking on that ad and like going to a landing page are, are pretty slim, to be honest. But what I often do is like, if it's a product or a service that I think is interesting, I might take a screenshot of it, right? So like, I remember like the name of the product or service. And then later, I might Google, right, that product or services name, and or something about it. Or, or if I forgot to take a screenshot, I might Google descriptors to describe the product that I saw. And that's where like organic has to come in, right? So like, even even though I didn't start my search for your product on Google, the video campaign that you put together on Instagram ultimately influenced that Google search that I conducted. And so I, I love that idea of like thinking about organic as as a channel to reinforce the work that you're doing as a marketer in in other respective channels. Yeah, I think you know having that cross channel approach, and really, you know, I think when you know when you get too focused on an individual in, in, individual channel it's a bit challenging to really see the, the bigger picture right yeah. and i think when we think about those marketing principles and we think about and it, you know what you you know what you brought up around like i see an instagram ad 
that right there um, and, you know, Instagram ads starting a search, that attribution style, right? That, that's something that's been around since the very beginning of marketing. You know, we think about a billboard and a billboard, you know, ad really generating a passive impression for somebody to then think about this and be, you know, I see this billboard every day. It's the same thing when, when you think about these social media ads. I see this in my feed. I'm constantly seeing it. I might not be ready to buy now, but because of brand familiarity and it's being in my feed, I then go back to search and I say, okay, I'm looking for a specific brand because I, it, they built trust. I see them all the time. They're all over the place. Yeah. So I think, you know, just thinking about how organic can, you know, not only drive traffic, but also support other channels is, is a huge piece of it. Yeah, no, dude, I, I, I love, I love that framework. So anytime someone starts talking about SEO, I feel like the, the conversation, especially for, you know, new people pretty quickly, like graduates to talking about quote unquote, like ranking factors, right? So like, if you get if you listen to any SEO podcast, or you watch any video on like an intro to SEO, you know, within the first three minutes of that podcast, or that or that video interview, someone's going to bring up the term ranking factor. So like, can you and obviously, you know, ranking factors are what Google uses to decide how to evaluate and like make sense of content, right? So can you kind of walk us through what some of the most important ranking factors are? today that higher ed marketers and admissions professionals really need to be paying attention to? I know that there are like a crap ton, but like if you if you could sort of like distill just a, a handful of ranking factors that you at least pay most attention to and you think that schools should as well, what are those ranking factors? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, I, I've kind of, I'm in the school of moving away from ranking factors, right? When we Ooh, think okay. about ranking for, yeah, so when we think about ranking factors, it's, it's almost as if there's like a list of very tangible things. And there are things that you can do. There are things like optimizing your content, you know, that affect. But when we think about Google, it's, it's more than just ranking factors nowadays. They're running multiple algorithms on certain types of keywords. So we're seeing an ever-changing evolution of search engine results pages. And what I mean by that is, you know, they have natural language processing. Um, they have all these different types of, you know, you know, the penguin update looks at links, you know, they have a product review update looking at the quality and the expertise you have eat, which is a ratings guideline, which is separate and external from these actual algorithmic ranking factors. So, you know, there's a lot to really consider. And what I, what I say first and foremost is, you know, don't write for Google, write for your user, write for your user intent. Um, you know, if you have expertise in house, if you have a faculty member that's willing to help with this, include your faculty and content. Um, specifically, you know, you have the smartest person in the room. Um, use them, and I think for, then you can really get into the nuts and bolts of things. I think you know, when when you work with content from from its inception, you know, you can identify a keyword, right? Understand the intent behind the keyword. But there, you know, the content itself has to really speak to your audience and what they're looking for. It has to answer that question. I would say that's the biggest thing that, you know, a lot of folks in marketing miss. Mm. Um, and then, you know, also, you know, when you when you write some of this blog content, you want to make it really linkable. You want to make sure that, you know, it's driving value. It's adding value for a prospective student. It's something, you know, you know oftentimes you can you know, build resources or things like that, that create this shareability and make people want to actually share and, and spread this. And, and, you know, so I think, for me, when I look at SEO content, you know, I, I can't just say, oh, let's focus on title tags or let's focus on, you know, page speed. Um, those things are nice when you when you really think about it. Um, but it all starts with qual- the quality of your content. 
you know, if you don't have quality content, you're really not going to uh, drive much relevant traffic that converts. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org. Yeah, I I want to unpack something you said because I thought it was a really just an important um, important note, and you sort of just squeeze it in there. But like writing for user intent, and I think that the way that like like ultimately, right? What is Google trying to do? Google is trying to serve up quality answers to people's questions in a way that's meaningful google's also trying to keep people right like on their on their content on to keep people browsing so that that content doesn't need to just be a direct answer to the question it also needs to be a comprehensive answer right like where a user should be able to go to that you know they click on that first result and they shouldn't hit the back button immediately. If they do, right, that that's an indicator that they didn't really get what they were looking for, right? Like, um, and so I think that like when what what I love about what I love about what you just said is that this is something that everybody in higher ed can do, right? Everyone in higher as a higher ed marketer or admissions professional understands or should understand their target student audience and writing content in a way that's focused on what that person is looking for, like what stage of the enrollment journey they're at. That is, you know, while there's an incredible number of other factors and both technical and content components to consider here, if you do that really well, that's a, you know, quote unquote, free, easy way to ensure that you're building a rich SEO backed piece of content or SEO proofed, I should say, piece of piece of content. Would you would you agree with that or anything you might want to add there? I totally agree with that point. I, I think, you know, it's when you're when you're speaking to an audience and you're really getting that answer, you know, Google's getting better at understanding, you know, of course we want to make sure the content structure has its headings, had you know, has all these uh, you know, these pieces together, but really the, the meat of it is answering the question yeah. and, and providing quality around that answer an in-depth knowledge and understanding of a topic and Google values that. I think, you know, they, they have another algorithm update that's going to be really soon called mom, um, which is really trying to increase that expertise area of what we call eat expertise, authoritativeness and trustworthiness. Um, so they're really fo- hyper-focused on, do you know what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And do you talk about it in depth and, and with, with a quality that's not matched by anyone else on search engine results. So, yeah, I, I think that's a big piece. Yeah, yeah. So, I'd love your just your thoughts on like why why is SEO strategy important in higher ed? So, you know, we've we t- we've hit on a couple things here where paid search is getting more expensive. Other channels are are you know continuing to get harder and more complex. Um, if you're not if, if someone can't find you with a simple Google search, like that is a that's basically that basically means you don't exist today. So, like there are all those like sort of like obvious problems, but like. What else, like when you think about like why schools need better SEO, uh, what 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 comes to mind? Like, what is it? 
um, that when, when a prospective client approaches you, right, and is, is asking like, hey, Ray, like, what is this SEO thing? And like, why do I, why do I need this? You know, like, how, how do you respond to that? And wh why, why is it important that schools really start to better understand the power of, of good SEO strategy and its corresponding tactics? Yeah, I, I think it's, there's a couple of different reasons in my, in, in my mind. When I think about the user, I think about the prospective student. Um, you know, lifetime value associated with these prospective students um, specifically, in, you know, is, is generally higher when they come in on, you know, non-branded, you're able to nurture them through because yeah. you're providing them with all this different information that really resonates and builds trust in the brand. I think you're always going to have people who are searching for your brand plus program on search. And, you know, it's great to have that, you know, that's the very bottom of the funnel, but that's such a small piece of the pie. Um, and then from an organic ranking standpoint, I think, you know, we're seeing a more equitable search engine results page, right? So what, what's happened over time now, um, for a while, portal sites, you know, these large portal sites were competing, taking over space, you know, all these affiliate sites dominating rankings on programmatic keywords. But, you know, what we've seen is a shift where Google's now localizing search. So, you know, specifically in your area, if you're able to rank for a program related keyword, you know, and then you're a well-known brand in your local area, that's going to be huge from an enrollment standpoint. That's going to be huge from students being able to access and find your, you know, your program to get the information they desire. Um, you know, as opposed to a couple of years ago where it was just all affiliate sites and you were kind of blocked out of that top 10. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it, there's a great opportunity now as Google tries to understand, you know, where are we evolving search? And, you know, the, the last thing we want to see happen is, you know, all of, you know, a university's opportunities to completely be gated by like a Google. So I think owning your presence, because if you're not, Google is going to, you know, take over that spot with something of their own um, as they're, they themselves are even getting into courses and, and offering, you know, these different sort of certifications, uh, which are alternate, you know, education paths. So yeah. uh, just, just so I'm understanding, right, this, right. And so our, our listeners are as well. So when you talk about sort of like Google search, uh, localizing search, right? Like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but that, that means like, Hey, if I'm like, if I'm in yeah, Southern California, right. And I'm, and I, and I Google, you know, uh, uh, MBA programs or something like that, like while that, while MBA program, the, that keyword, right. Like might actually the, 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 uh, historically whoever was ranking number one for MBA program or, or MBA programs they could be wherever, right? Like, like it, it wasn't taking into account the fact that Zach's location was currently in Southern California. Now I'm going to be served up results that are, that are local, right? If schools in that particular area around me are ranking well for that particular keyword, which sort of presents this, like this additional advantage, right? For, for schools to start ranking for, you know, non-branded search terms that are a little bit more relevant to, to sort of the student uh, experience. Is that, is that accurate? That, that's, that's definitely accurate. I, I think, you know, you're seeing more schools in your area may there, you know, cause for Google, it's always relevancy, right? Yeah. If I live in, if I live in New York and I get served a program in Alaska, is that necessarily re relevant to me? And what's the likelihood that I would actually attend that program? So they want to make sure, um, that you know those those results really match 
each individual user's personalization history. Yeah. So, you know, there's this piece here that we see that that's a real great opportunity, you know, and I've seen it specifically on um, quite a few university partners that are, you know, trying to rank for head terms like online MSW or online MEA that they've actually seen an uptick locally because they're able to rank for those keywords in the, in their general market as where they might've, they might've been at the bottom of page one. Now they're more towards uh, the top three. Yeah. So real great opportunity there. Yeah. And I think what's, what's exciting about that is like it gives folks the opportunity to create content around you know, non-branded or even even non-geo-specific terms, right? Like I, I remember talking with folks even like three years ago and it was like, hey, make sure like, you know, write content around the best nursing programs in San Diego, right? Or something like that. And like, while while I'm, I'm sure that there's always sort of a, a geo terms will, you know, continue to remain important to, to, to an extent. I think what's cool about this is like this, this relatively recent update is, you don't even necessarily like if you're targeting a if, if your demo is local and if people are searching for you know nursing programs evening nursing programs and they are just physically located their phone their laptop are physically located in in southern california they're going to get served uh you know you, the likelihood that your programs will start ranking well or, or ranking higher even if they don't even if the user doesn't include a geo-specific search term in in their query just uh you know goes 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 way up so what's cool about that is i think it just gives more people a fighting chance at ranking for you know those those head keywords um whereas historically that might have been untenable for for most people yeah i, I agree and I, I think there's a piece here right i think you know especially if you're a smaller school and you have more nuanced programs it really gives you a chance to rank well uh you know in the state in the region um, and really drive that meaningful traffic. Um, you know, I, I would say when I hear the, the term best, um, you know, I would just say, you know, generally I would avoid things like best because yeah. <laughs> those imply those, the, from an intent, they just imply lists and ah, those lists yeah. are generally dominated, uh, generally dominated by, you know, portals. And the reason why you see, you know, when you, when you have a superlative in your actual, uh, in your actual keyword, um, you know, there's no, there's no, there's a bit of subjectivity. Uh, if you're a university and say we're the best, unless you have, you know, your top 25, you know, program on us news or something along those lines, which even that's a bit murky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's funny. Um, it's funny. Cause I'm even thinking about like searching for restaurants. Right. And you're, you're hundred percent right. Like anytime I search for like best Italian restaurant, it's not like a restaurant is actually ranking number one for that it's like open table or like resi or something like that you know <laughs> yeah it's, it's the larger it's the larger affiliate or niche style sites um and they and they generally put together their own sort of methodology to ranking these you know whether it be most affordable or you know just these different styles of keywords that they'll use um to sort of you know to to show that objectivity um but when we think about it from a university standpoint, we really want to focus on the head terms. And we also want to focus on UVPs that we can throw in like our programs, no GRE or no GMAT, you know, specifically focusing on those, um, you know, finding long tail variations of a keyword and trying to rank for those. I think the more nuanced we get, um, you know, the longer tail we get with a keyword, the lower the competition most likely. Um, so, you know, it's, it's always a lower barrier for entry to start lower and then, you know, seek 
to optimize for the head term, which is which has a higher volume. Yeah, yeah. Um, love this. So I, I'd love for you to just share a little bit, Ray, about like, schools that are coming to solicit SEO services from Archer, like, how, how what are these scopes of work look like? Like, like, you know, when a school recognizes, hey, we're not ranking super well, for these particular terms, or they, they run their domain through like an SEM rush or like a Ahrefs tool or something like that. And like, they find out that, oh, wow, we're not ranking for any of the keywords, any of the, you know, non branded keywords that we want to be ranking for. And they realize that they have a problem. Like how, what is, what is the approach that you all are recommending folks take when it comes to implementing a, a better SEO strategy? Yeah, I, th I think, you know, there's a, there's a bit of nuance there. So, you know, I work on these quite a, quite a bit where we will actually go through an opportunity analysis phase where we're doing a discovery with, with uh, a prospective client to really understand what their needs are. Um, you know, we'll have, we'll have meetings with them to really understand, hey, what terms do you want to rank for? Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll do a deep dive. I'll actually look at their, their, you know, I'll look at everything from existing content on site, existing rankings. Uh, I'll look at their technical SEO. I'll look at, you know, how the site's earning backlinks, what are those anchors pointing to that, those backlinks? So from there, I'll create a scope of work that generally will have a mix of our technical on-page content strategy and then like link building slash content marketing pieces um, based off of need. Um, and yeah, so basically it's a holistic and balanced approach to make sure that they're ranking for the, you know, the specific program that they want to rank for, as well as, um, you know, building traffic over time that's relevant for that specific program. And speaking of the the sort of like technical and content components of SEO, can you just like for, for listeners who aren't really familiar with, with these two sort of like very important parts of, of the SEO whole, like what, what are, what are the sort of the technical components versus sort of the, the more content components of it? Yeah. So technical components are essentially related to, you know, any area of your website or technology that can limit Google's crawling and then indexing of the site. Um, and, you know, when we say crawl, that means Google's actually sending a bot to your site. They're actually pulling all their con uh, all of your content, rendering it to understand how that content is answering a question or s serving a specific intent. And then indexing is the decision making behind whether we include this in the, in the index or not. Um, so we'll look at things like, you know, XML sitemap and we'll look at in, in broken internal links. We'll look at, um, you know, what's your page speed, you know, how fast our load time, you know, really understanding just a bunch of different areas. I mean, there's quite a few, you know, you, there's also like HTTPS, is your site secure on all pages? Is it, is it working properly? Um, you know, are you, do you have a meta robots tag on there? That's, that's base, basically saying no index this page by accident. Um, you know, so there's all these different kind of little things that we look at, you know, are there multiple versions of a page being included in, um, in a search, which is the canonical. These are just different sorts of things that actions we do on the technical SEO side to make sure that we're pointing to one true page. It's able to be crawled and then it's able to be included in the index. Um, so with that, 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 that first piece, that's kind of like, I, I call that the, the foundation, right? Mm. That's the foundation of, if you think of SEO as a pyramid, you know, we really set the foundation at that technical SEO piece. We'll also look at what we call on page as the next layer up where, you know, on page is looking at the pure HTML 
and understanding if our HTML tags are actually optimized. For keywords, if they're optimized enough, if they support and reinforce um, the actual topic, if we're, if we're using structure of a page correctly, um, you know, are we internal in, in interlinking with um, semantic an- anchors that actually pass equity, the maximum amount of equity from page to page? When I say equity, I mean what, what Google calls page rank. Um, so, we, you know, once we have that, that's that next building block, we go up to that's where we go up to that content area. Now, content, you know, it can be content marketing or content strategy, content marketing. Um, in, in an SEO sense is really content that's focused on earning links. So rather than driving traffic, we're, we're building content that earns links so we can build what Google calls authority. So backlinks are hypertext links, um, or they can be image links or anything linking back to your site from another website. Um, these actually pass equity and value from the other site linking to your site. Um, you know, when done, when we earn links that are relevant, and, and authoritative that actually helps increase rankings. You know, there's a core, there's a correlation study b- behind um, the number of links earned and the amount of both organic traffic and organic keywords you rank for and the ranking positions you rank for those. Um, so, the, you know, link building is a huge piece. Uh, if we relate it back to that earlier question about factors, it's one of the most important factors, but I would say, you know, we still want to focus on that quality. Yeah, yeah. But so we use that content marketing piece to really drive that authority side. On the content strategy side, that's what we refer to as, as a blog style strategy. So that's really us understanding and mapping out um, blogs that don't just rank for keywords, but they rank for keywords relevant around your 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 program, relevant around faculty research, relevant around your brand, relevant around um, you know, current events relevant around decision-making for a program, you know, what can I do with an MSW? Um, is an MSW right for me or is an MS and strategic business planning or something like that right for me? Like having those tiles of, of, of content, um, then allow us to bring the right type of traffic. And then on that other side with that content marketing piece, we're using those links and interlinking those links so that all of our content is is rising up. And this all kind of drives the user down a path to, to, to that program page to get them into that transactional mind state. So we take them from an informational approach to moving them through, through strategic interlinking to that program page so that they're in a transactional place, become a, uh, you, you know, sign up as a lead, start an application, finish and submit that application and become an enrolled student. Well, there you have it, folks. That was a a crash course in uh, in all things SEO. Um, that was amazing, dude. I was like, you you got to teach a course, man. This is a uh, everything that you just shared is like, it, it you know you, you made it seem almost as if it was like yeah you just do this and then this and then this and then this, and yet like that's the that's the that's the perfect system for like how to crawl walk run with respect to getting started and I, I appreciated sort of like the tie-in too between like the the content and the transactional like the awareness and the transactional because i think that that's that is what's so hard for some for folks in higher ed to understand is like it sounds like what you're saying is just go you know create a bunch of content if you build it they will come and it's like no you need to take a very focused stra- you know a strategy here and there needs like the content the you know uh ensuring that you've got good 
you know, long form blog content, pillar page content, whatever it might be around keywords and, and clusters of, of relevant keywords. That's incredibly important to getting people to the site, right? And then once they're there, then you have to figure out how to get them to take the desired action, right? Whether that's submitting that inquiry form or applying or coming to your event or whatever it is. So I really appreciated the the tie in there because I think sometimes it's hard for people to wrap their minds around how SEO impacts enrollment, right? Like and how how critical SEO is to even even like, you know, the even quality app generation, not just the quantity of app generation, but ensuring that your the quality of your app pool is is increasing year over year. So I really appreciated that like comprehensive look at how all of this stuff works. I, I actually want to throw a few different scenarios at you now um, that I think will be just fun for our listeners who are all over the place, right? We've got people listening to this pod that like have probably never even heard of the term SEO before. And then we've got other people who are, are incredibly sophisticated and have five, 10 people in working, you know, in their marketing and communications team that are just focused on SEO. So the, the gamut is, is quite, is quite wide here. So I want to throw three different scenarios at you and just get your off the cuff kind of random thoughts on like how you would approach this situation. Again, context is going to be limited here. Totally understand. Like there's, again, there's no silver bullet. Everyone's situation is a little bit different. Uh, you know, we, we get all of that. But just off the cuff, what are some like Ray's thoughts on how he'd approach, how he'd start to approach each of these scenarios? So scenario one is an online business program that has a quarter million dollars, 250K to spend on increasing their visibility and rank around program-specific keywords. So they want to increase quality lead generation in the next year. How do you think about advising them on how to build their SEO program? Yeah, I, I think for me, it's, it's you know, with a 250K spend specifically focusing on programmatic keywords, I'm thinking about building out a hub around that program um, and building out individual pieces of content or assets to support that. So when I mean a hub, you're literally creating a folder slash program, um, program keyword that you're targeting and then having all the component pages live underneath it as child pages. Really, you know, a focusing on creating a con comprehensive approach to that whole um, to that whole hub so that we're making sure that all the, the, the some parts are actually in depth and all interlinked from that hub. And then also um, I'd pump a lot of money specifically into the off page SEO side. So that link building side, making sure that we're driving high quality links. Um, you know, I'd also look to, in, um, to include digital PR in that as well. I think, um, you know, digital PR is, is actually an underused channel, hmm. you know, really that, what is you know, that? when you what think is, about like, it, what is, what is, sorry, what is digital PR? So digital PR, um, is, is interesting. It's, it's, it, it takes elements of traditional PR and takes elements of SEO. So if we have a Venn diagram, digital, uh, digital PR is directly in the middle. Hmm. Um, you know, at Archer, I work with some great media relations specialists and, um, that have built a lot of relationships with, you know, high end publications and, we're able to really use faculty in a way to highlight the brand itself and highlight the program and, and build visibility. So I think, you know, and specifically they'll go out and pitch and, you know, they'll, they'll get faculty members included in stories. And then we'll, you know, from a content side, we'll actually use um, that faculty story to build out content around it. So it's, it's a cohesive approach. Um, when we do that, when we have that faculty member um, included in like a Washington Post or a Healthline or uh, um, on U.S. News or one of these larger publications, um, you know, it just 
it, it you know you're getting a placement on really high end publications with lots of visibility. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, those those, those publications are then syndicated. <laughs> by other sites across the web. So, um, you know, there's humongous growth in terms of the audience now that's able to see your program. Yeah. So, you know, and then from an SEO standpoint, purely from an SEO standpoint, we get really good, great backlinks from, you know, high authority publications that really help pass a maximum amount of what we call page rank or or link equity. So, you know, I'd, I'd make sure that that's in that approach um, as well as then us doing, you know, our regular sort of link building one-to-one specifically focused on a program and then, um, link building, you know, creating assets that can actually drive pull and pull in links over time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love the digital, uh, PR piece. Cause I don't think, yeah, to your point, I don't, I don't hear as many people talking about that as, um, as they should. And to your point, yeah, like if, if you get a faculty member to go, you know, write a piece that gets published in the New York Times, and the New York Times is linking back to your, you know, website, right? Like that's a that's a very credible, uh, important uh, link, right for for that content, whatever, whatever that content is, that makes it that makes a ton of sense. Um, and I think a, a quick takeaway for those who are listening is like, yeah, what what is the digital PR? approach for your faculty members like even if you 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 know you find three four five of your all-stars like how do you build a a you know sustainable and yet like um a a proactive approach to digital pr strategy for their for those respective thought leaders and you know within the context of their respective domains so I, i i love that idea um scenario two here right so we that's great approach if you've got a quarter million dollars to spend you know, most people listening to this pod probably don't have that that they can allocate directly to just uh, SEO. So thinking about scenario two here, right? You've got a small liberal arts college. They've got $50,000, right? To spend on increasing their visibility and rank around program specific keywords to increase quality lead gen in the next 12 months. How do you approach this scenario? And, and how is it different, if at all, from, you know, scenario one? Yeah, I think I, I think just having, you know, a fifth of the budget, right? I think that's that's all you're you're already ha- hamstrung there. I think it's it's tough, right? If we think about fifty k over twelve months, that's less than you know that's less than five k a month um, availability for spend, right? And I, I think while we want to be mindful of focusing on content um, and expanding that funnel, I think you know a piece of this would mainly be us focusing on link building if especially if we want to focus on bottom of the funnel traffic that really converts you know i think you know improving your program page adding link building and then adding a few support pieces around that program will be helpful i do that on a much smaller scale yeah um you know where but really the bulk of this i could see about like you know 60% of this going on link building yeah. really driving links um and and focusing on getting high quality links that pass that authority. Yeah. 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 I love that. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Maybe that even looks like, you know, getting your, getting a faculty member to go on an industry specific podcast that will then link back to your program page or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that there are digital PR components there too, that can be, you know, free other than sort of just human capital time that that's spent on, on doing that. But, um, yeah, I love that. All right. Scenario three, Sort of the in-between scenario here, a large public school, they've got a budget of $150,000, and they want to increase visibility and rank on their 100 grad program. So this is like, 
they're not just talking about a couple programs here. They're thinking about like grad school holistically and like graduate programs holistically. Uh, and they want to increase visibility and, and quality lead gen in, in about a year's time. They've got 150K. How do you, how do you advise they, they spend that cash? Yeah. So I, I think, you know, when you think about it from a program standpoint, you know, you're just diluting down your budget, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if we think about a hundred programs, 150 K, you know, so you have $1,500 for the year to spend per program. For me, I'd take a vertical approach. So, and what I mean by vertical is we create pages based off of, um, based off of an industry, you know, targeting a specific industry. For example, if we have, you know, business programs, creating a business vertical, if we have technology programs, creating technology vertical, and then, you know, specifically listing all the programs that we can underneath that vertical while also creating a larger style page that just talks about the industry in general. And then we link build yeah. to that page. And the reason we do that is we specifically take that approach to pass equity and we're maximizing budget. Um, you know, you know, with 150K and the 1500 per program, you know, that alone won't really move the move the needle yeah, much yeah. so when we can when we take this consolidated approach and we're able to say okay we have three verticals supporting these hundred programs and we're able to link build to all these we can then you know pass a, a much greater amount of equity we're also able to you know write content that supports each of these verticals um, which kind of then distills it down allows us to interlink and, and get keep users or prospective students i should say on the site for longer, allowing them to explore and, and enter into your program. Wonderful, wonderful responses to all three of these scenarios, man. This is this is fantastic. Um, and yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Uh, you've given me some some ideas, so um, I I'll take it. I love it. Uh, just a couple final questions for you, Ray. W when you think about conducting keyword research and and doing you know the work of establishing content strategy at the offset, like what are what tools do you recommend people use? Like, what are your favorite tools to use? Uh, any tools you'd recommend a SEO who's working in-house at a college or university tap into um, in order to, to help craft sort of a solid game plan for their institution? Yes, yeah, so I use I use a couple. I use Ahrefs. I use um, SEMrush. Uh, keywords everywhere. I think. You know, I'll use Google Keyword Planner. You know, they, they, they're all very similar, but they, they'll have different volumes based off of the methodology in which they calculate that volume. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the most underused tools actually is Google Trends. Hmm. Uh, Google Trends is really showing you the actual search interest over time and, and the rate of search interest. So you can actually see, all right, you know, I may use a tool like Ahrefs and it may say that there are 600 average search searches a month but that's average throughout the last 12 months. How do we know that that's necessarily accurate? Um, will we look in, you know, we look in Google trends, we'll put in the keyword. We can actually look and see what's the ebbs and flows. And you can actually see the you know, specific geographies where this keyword is seeing increases or seeing decreases. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of take approach to that. And then I also use the search engine results page itself. Mm. So as I take this keyword, right. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But then I look at who's ranking for this actual keyword. I yeah. actually go to the search engine results page and I try to understand what type of content dominates page one. Yep. Yep. And what can you learn from that? Right. Like how is the content structured? How many words are on the page? Right. Is there a video there or not? Right. What, what, you know, what can you learn from the, the top ranking page on that keyword that you might be able to replicate in your own context? 
Yeah, I, I always I always think about it from the, this approach. It's it's just how can I make this better? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, if you can be better than the top, the top ranking page, you know your your ranking should at least in theory go up. <laughs> um, yep. So Ray, final question for you: if if you could rank on any keyword for Ray Martinez, someone Google's Ray Martinez, and you could rank on on anything like what what was what is the keyword that you'd want to rank for i guess sorry i said that the wrong way if somebody were to google anything any keyword and ray martinez were to pop up as the first uh result what would you want that keyword to be that 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 search term seo just Just seo seo SEO. equals ray martinez i love that yeah, I mean, or even my own name. I mean, there are there are a million Ray Martinez out there. But if you Google, I got the long tail. So if if you Google Ray Martinez SEO, there I'm you number go. One. There you go. But you know, yeah, to rank for each of those separately, I'd be quite happy with that. That's so. awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy life to come talk to us and and share your ideas. Dude, these have, these have been fire. Um, hopefully, folks walk away feeling like they've learned uh, more than just a thing or two about SEO. Um, if folks want to reach out and, and learn a little bit more about you, ask you some follow-up questions, understand a little bit more about Archer's um, approach to SEO, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, so you can just send me an email at my, at my Archer email. So it's rmartinez at archeredu.com. Um, you can also visit um, archeredu.com as well. Um, we have contact forms on there. But if you want to get directly in touch with me, that rmartinez at archeredu.com works. Wonderful. And we will include that contact info in the show notes below. Well, appreciate your time, man. This has been great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Zach. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Enrollify podcast. If you like this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. But Enrollify is far more than just a podcast network. Enrollify is where higher ed comes to learn new marketing skills, discover new products and services, and find their next job. We're a growing learning community of 4,000 members, and we'd love to welcome you into the fold. You can access our free blog articles, newsletters, e-courses, and more, or purchase our master course on how to market a university with Terry Flannery at enrollify.org. We look forward to meeting you soon and welcoming you into the community. Again, you can subscribe for free at enrollify.org.